You. Yeah, you. Guess what? That man is you. Stick around. Let's talk about it. Houston, we have a problem. Habemos papam. Podcasting from a parking lot in the Woodlands, Texas, it's the Catholic Hack with Joe McLean. Take this, all of you, and eat it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. 1 Peter 3.15. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It will be shed for you and for all, so that sins may be forgiven. The Church of the Living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. 1 Timothy 3.15 Do this in memory of Welcome back to the Catholic Hack. I'm Joe McLean, and this is episode number 57. And today we've got a lot of material to cover. Uh, there's a lot I want to share with you. I spent the last three days at a hermitage in Glenrock, Pennsylvania. What a blessing. I was there with my spiritual director, Father Philip Chavez, and the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. It was a wonderful time. Father Chavez has a men's ministry that he is running, and I was blessed to be able to go to a, a mission retreat that he was hosting for a, a parish in uh, Maryland. For a group of guys, it was really, really fantastic. Then we worked on his website. I'm consulting Father on his uh, on his web ministry and, uh, and getting his message out there. And I'm pretty excited about that opportunity. And I'll share more about that later. But you know what? First, I'm pretty excited about this too. We get to break bread with Dr. Scott Hahn. The mystery of the Trinity is the deepest mystery. Revealed to us by Jesus, it is the only way we can come to understand God as eternal love. It's the very heart of God's mercy. As we praise the three-in-one, we grow in love. We learn to love as He loves. Find out more next on Breaking the Bread. We often begin Mass with the prayer from this Sunday's epistle. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. We praise the God who has revealed himself as a trinity, a communion of persons. Communion with the Trinity is the goal of our worship and the purpose of the salvation history that begins in the Bible and continues in the Eucharist and the sacraments of the Church. We see the beginning of God's self-revelation in this week's first reading as he passes before Moses and cries out his holy name, I will be gracious and show mercy. Israel had sinned in worshiping the golden calf, but God does not condemn them to perish. Instead, he proclaims his mercy and faithfulness to his covenant. God loved Israel as his firstborn son among the nations. Through Israel, heirs of his covenant with Abraham, God planned to reveal himself as the father of all nations. The memory of God's covenant testing of Abraham and Abraham's faithful obedience lies behind this week's gospel. In commanding Abraham, to offer his only beloved son, God was preparing us for the fullest possible revelation of his love for the world. As Abraham was willing to offer Isaac, so God did not spare his only beloved son, but handed him over for us all. In this, he revealed what was only disclosed partially to Moses, that his kindness continues for a thousand generations, that he forgives our sin 
and takes us back as his very own. Jesus humbled himself to die in obedience to his Father's will. And for this, the Spirit of God raised him from the dead and gave him the name above every name. This is the week we glorify in this week's responsorial song, the name of our Lord, the God who is love. This is Scott Hahn for Breaking the Bread. Breaking the Bread is a production of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. If you'd like to receive written copies of Dr. Hahn's reflections on the Sunday Mass readings, you can contact us by email at staff at salvationhistory.com or call us at 740-264-9535. That's 740-264-9535. Well, today we get to finish our conversation with Steve Bowman from Paradisius Dei and his program, That Man Is You. Many of you have told me how much you've enjoyed the conversation so far, and I promised you that what's coming next you will not be disappointed with. I think you'll rather enjoy this. So let's roll up our sleeves and let's dive deep and get into the truth about becoming the man after God's own heart. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This school when I sit, even just a little bit, I get hit with the power that made the veil in the temple split. When I submit, fall on the floor and the door. Can't get enough, got to come back to some more. Hey, we've got a problem here. Sinner, every Pope John Paul II says in his letter Familiaris Consortio that men we live and reveal on earth the very fatherhood of God. You know, it all comes, it's absolutely profound. As I read and study the faith, I began to understand it wasn't Eve's sin in the garden, it was Adam's sin in the garden. And why was it Adam's sin? Because Adam was a coward. Adam didn't stand up. He didn't stand in the gap between Satan and his wife. He allowed his wife to face this serpent, this Nahash, this dragon. And he didn't have the courage to, to put lay down his life. And I take that same model, that same thought, and then I, when I was going through that first semester of That Man Is You, and we're going through all those statistics... It's just screaming that message over and over again. Men, you are the ones who are going to be uh, responsible for a successful marriage or failed marriage. Even if the wife doesn't do her job, you swore an oath. You gave your word to God Almighty that you would, you'd be the man that stands in the gap. And, you know, you, you're dead on to something, and you're actually a couple of years advanced in our program there, Joe. Because <laughs> keep coming, you'll, keep, you'll get it. But, uh, I mean, you've already got it, but you'll hear it. And what you just said, a couple of key things that I just want to reiterate and agree with you wholeheartedly, say amen to it. And that is, A, when you say, you know, I took an oath to God. What we help men understand is your wedding vows are about you. Okay, it's not about, I will, you know, 
Shelley, you know, uh, I, Steve, take you, Shelley's my lawful wife, I happen to hold from this day forward. I never put any qualifiers in that. Right. You know, I, Steve, take you, Shelley, when you're good. Right. I, Steve, take you, Shelley, you know, when everything's going great. I right. take you when I've got my next promotion. I take you. It, there were zero qualifiers. And it was actually also zero qualifiers according to her behavior. Mm. It was just, I do this. And so, yes, my vows are about who I am. It's not about who Shelley is. My wedding vows are about who I am. And I can't emphasize that enough. And then the next thing is, yes, you know, although there are ladies out there and we have men who come to our program who are good men and whose wives have decided they want to end the marriage and they do it. But the vast majority of cases still to this day the issue is whether or not the man is stepping up to the plate. Right. That, again, there are the other cases, and I run into them, and those men suffer tremendously. Mm. But the majority of cases are a woman who can find a good man. That's what she wants. Right. And she's happy. Absolutely. And, you know, and so, yes, me taking those vows seriously and living them allows the woman to live the vulnerability she needs to live. And again, you're dead on. If you look in the Garden of Eden, who was it who received the commandment not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? It's Adam. It was Adam. Now, it was obviously intended for all of humanity, but that was given to Adam. And you're right. He fell down on the job when he allowed Satan to approach the woman. If he was doing his job right, he should have been stepping in the gap, like you said, to right. say, okay, wait a minute. Here's a direct attack. And so he fell down on the job. If we as men of faith step up, then that's what God is able to use to allow us to, yes, and especially allow our wives to live that vulnerability it takes to, I mean, she's the one who is the recipient of life. Right. That's an incredibly vulnerable moment. And I mean, for a woman to right. say, I'm going to take, I'm going to conceive a child and I'm going to carry this child to full term, and then I'm going to raise this child, her life changes in a way that a man does not, and that men honestly can't fully understand because they never experience it. Right. Obviously, our lives change, but they don't change like our wives' lives change. For a wife to embrace that vulnerability, she needs a man embracing the call that he's received in the marriage covenant. Absolutely. And you know, it was it was Eve who was the only one to have integrity when God walked in the cool of the day and, and he encountered them, calling them to confession, drawing them out of the bushes. It was Eve who had integrity to say, I was faced with a Satan and I succumbed. And, and what did Adam do? He points the, the finger at, at Eve first and says, this woman. And then he then he goes, wait a minute that you gave me. And he, then he points the finger at God. You're to blame for all my troubles. You gave me this woman and she messed up. I mean, he had no integrity. And that's, I see that, that same model in today's society. I see that in my own life. You know, how when I uh, am a coward and when I succumb and I have no integrity, you know, we're too quick to blame everyone else. Well, you know, and the, the answer to that and what our program is all about, of course, is about that transformation. And, uh, you know, it's easy for me um, because I was that man. You know, we call it that man is you becoming a man after God's own heart. And the reason we do that is that is 
King David story. Mm. And that is King David, you know, it all comes from, and we talk about this the second week of the program, you know, King David was that military leader, that king that Israel had longed for. He, you know, fought and won all their battles. He brought them great peace. To a certain extent, he brought them prosperity by bringing the spoils of other countries to himself. But he had a wandering eye, and he uh, ended up committing adultery with Bathsheba. She conceived a child, and he had her husband, Uriah, who happened to be one of his own generals, killed to hide the sin. And then he took Bathsheba for his wife. He married her, and he thought his sin was hid. But God, who reads the minds and hearts of men, sent to him the prophet Nathan, who told King David that parable of the two men. And one had everything his heart could desire, flocks and vineyards, and all that he wanted, and another poor man who had but one lone ewe lamb, but loved it as if it were an only daughter. And the rich man, not satisfied with everything he had, took the poor man's lone ewe lamb, he slaughtered it and served it as a meal, as a feast for his guest. And Nathan looked him in the eye and said, King, what should be done? And King David jumped up and said, As I live, that man should die. And Nathan said, But King, that man is you. Mm. Well, the good news is that's not the end of the story. Right. You know, King David repented. We have some of the most beautiful verses of Scripture from his repentance. Now, you know, Psalm 51, uh, which the church, you know, sings every Friday in its, you know, divine office, is the psalm of his repentance. Absolutely beautiful. Good Friday, that psalm is used. And King David is the only man in Scripture to be referred to as a man after God's own heart. So that's our program. That man is you becoming a man after God's own heart. You know, again, I'm real easy about throwing stones because I know where my life started. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about where you are. It's about where you're willing to go. And so God, you know, we're very... We have two sayings that are foundational for the entire program. I mean, yes, we deal with the truth, and we deal with the truth the way men like it, straight up. But having said that, we also bring to it the reality that wherever you're at in your spiritual life, Jesus Christ wants to encounter you right there mm -hmm. and help take you to a better place. You know, Steve Bowman was a mess. He was a moral mess. God didn't ask me to get my life right to encounter him. God came to me and encountered me so that then I could get my life right. My life right. Mm. You know, yes, there's a whole lot of people out there, but I'm not sure many of them are any more messed up than I was because I was <laughs> a good case. So, yes, there's a whole lot of things I disagree with, but God's mercy is bigger than my mistakes. Right. And so wherever you're at in your spiritual life, Jesus Christ wants to encounter you right there and help take you to a better place. And then at the end of the day, uh, other saying is that man is you is about a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, so Jesus Christ can transform your life. Mm. You know that's what I encountered in that confessional that night. Yeah, it was Christ sitting there in the person of the priest, who was saying, "Welcome back to your father's house." You know, so yes, all of these other things—they're all true. But what I think is most important is we have to help men encounter Christ right where they're at. I mean, our God came to earth. Our God died for us. He did so not when we were worthy, but precisely when we were most unworthy. Now, the church is a spotless bride of Christ, not because of, the, of who she is, 
but because of who our, her divine bridegroom is. Mm. And that is, you know, think about when Jesus Christ offered himself in sacrifice for his bride. When the Pope denied him, when, and that being St. Peter, mm-hmm. when one of his other apostles betrayed him, and when nine others abandoned him, so he was left with one. You know, Father Benedict Groeschel loves uh, to say, and I just love this saying of his, if the Church could withstand Good Friday, it'll make it through anything. <laughs> I mean, think about it. The Pope denying him, another apostle betraying him, all the rest fleeing other than one, John. If the Church can survive that, it's a divine institution that will survive anything. Right. Well, the whole point behind all of that is Christ made that sacrifice when the bride was unworthy. Not when she was worthy. Well, that's what Christ does for us. Right. So we have a, a religion that doesn't say, you know, we have to go to God. The mystery of the Incarnation is God comes to us. <laughs> right. And he comes to us right where we are. You know, and, and that's what we tell men. You know, we've got men who come to our programs, and certainly we get the choir who comes to our program. Thank God, and as one of my previous friends says, the only problem with the choir is it's not big enough. Right. And I agree with that, you know, and I'm glad that the choir finds a place to sing in our program. Having said that, what moves me and the reason I do what I do is we have a lot of Steve Bowmans who come to the program. And Steve Bowmans who are waiting for that encounter, who are seeking that encounter, even if they don't know it fully. You know, when I had that encounter, it wasn't like I was sitting down saying, Tonight I'm going to encounter Christ in the confession. My life's going to be all different. It's going to be better. It's going to be wonderful. He ended up letting me meet this incredible, wonderful woman and children. You know, I didn't think that. That wasn't what moved me at the moment. Nor did I go through on some intellectual level and say, oh, you know, this is wrong because of this or this. None of that. But there was this grace of God that was working in my heart calling me. And he came to encounter me, and that's what our program's about. Yeah. We have to tell all the other, but what we have to do is make a place for Steve Bowman's to come find their way back into the Father's house. And, you know, you talk, of, you know, again, we got the choir singing the program, and thank God for him. But, you know, we've got, we had a man in one of our programs. He was an assistant manager to Topless Bar. Wow. God came, touched his life. He had no idea what to do, and he got sent to our program. And he wrote me a letter after attending the first year of our program, and he told me about his life. And God had given him the grace to fully see the moral dilemma of his life, that what he was doing for a living was destroying other lives. Mm. And as he told the story, and I called the man up and had a wonderful conversation with him on the phone, he said, you know, here's how the cycle works. As soon as school's over in May, we get a new crop of 18-year-old girls. Some girls know they're going off to college. Some girls aren't going to college, but they're going to go do whatever. And then you've got a group of girls who don't know what they're going to do with their lives. Those are the ones that are vulnerable. Mm. And most frequently, they're from broken homes. And they need to make some money, but they're not necessarily skilled specifically in going out and doing anything else. And those are the ones that we can introduce into this whole adult entertainment industry. Mm. So they get into the bar, 
And he said, you know, some of them are willing to dance right away, but a lot of them aren't. They're willing to, you know, waitress or whatever. My first job was to get them hooked on the booze. But, you know, they have a drink, and as they're serving, we're like, oh, free alcohol. Okay, have a drink. You know, enjoy yourself while you're here. You know, we don't have a stuffy place. This is the kind of place you can enjoy yourself at your work. So I got them to drinking. Well, of course, as soon as you get them drinking before long, you can convince them to take off their clothes. Well, then you get them hooked deeper into alcohol, and then they're on stage, and then I get them turned on to drugs. Because once they start getting them on the drugs, they're willing to be raunchier on stage, and then I can take them upstairs into to the VIP suite. And then they'll do all sorts of things in that VIP suite, and what I care about is I get a portion of their tips. Hmm. My job is to do this so I get a cut of their tips. Well, he goes, the life cycle for a woman at my club, and as he described it, it was one of the better clubs. He wasn't from Houston. He was from somewhere else. As he described it, he was one of the you know, elite clubs in the city he was in. As he said, you know, the life cycle is three years that they've got there. Hmm. Because you know what? There's another crop of 18-year-old girls coming out every May, and men get tired of looking at the same one. When they first show up, the men are all over them. Three years later, well, I've been looking at her for three years. I want something new. That's when they start to move out, and you start having them turn tricks. Mm. So you turn them into a hooker. Well, then after they're a hooker, that lasts for a couple of years, too. So, you know, now they're 21 years old and they're a hooker. And when they first become a hooker, again, they're at the top of the, the heap, if you can call it that, uh, the top of the hooker heap at least. But then all of a sudden, after a couple of years there, they're not at the top anymore because there's always another group behind them. And the guys are tired of them, so now all of a sudden they're not at the top of the line hooker. They're working their way to the bottom of the line hooker. And literally by age 25, you've got a woman who has been totally used up. Mm. And she's a drug addict, so she's just having to turn whatever cheap tricks she can find to support her drug habit, and she has been discarded from anything else. That man made it to our program. That man, now he had a conversion experience where he had encountered Christ independent of the program, but had no idea what to do. Yeah. And in his in the program he found a home. He married the woman he was married with that he was living with and they had their first child. Wow. Praise and, God. And you know, a different program, a different city, a man was cheating on his wife who was pregnant with their first child. And he was cheating with a woman who was fifteen years younger than he was. He was treating, he was cheating with a twenty year old, a young twenty year old. And his wife found out about it. His wife went to the pastor of the church and said, I want a divorce. And the pastor called in the man and the wife together. And he said, it's real simple. I'm not even going to talk to the two of you unless you, meaning the man, start the men's program this week. Within one month, the affair was over. Mm. And the marriage was on its way to being healed. Wow. Within one month. Praise God. You know, so our program, you know, we're absolutely about teaching our faith. But, you know, I know that the faith is good for me, 
So I just try and let Christ encounter men, mm. and Christ transforms lives. You know, I wouldn't go back to the other life I lived, you know, for anything. And I pray to God for the grace to be faithful to that statement yeah. every day of my life, because I know that I'm fallen and I could go back there, and <laughs> so I need to pray that I'm always faithful. But you know, God is so good. Wherever you're at in your spiritual life, Jesus Christ wants to count you right there and help take you to a better place. That's what our program's about. Praise it's about God. letting men encounter Christ and letting Christ transform their lives. It's about changing from that man as you to becoming a man after God's own heart. You know, I praise God. I thank Him every day that He just uses this as a vehicle to allow that to happen. You know, I think one thing that this program will do is what I learned, and I'm sure what that what that uh, man who was the assistant manager at the strip club learned that when they when they start to encounter Christ they're going to realize that he came to set them free that no matter what kind of uh, you know storm is raging in their life that's nothing they don't have to go through that they don't have to deal you go through every day of doing the same thing that they were doing yesterday god came to set them free from that and I, I think that's a profound message that they're going to encounter in this program. Yeah. And Joe, and just real quick to just agree with you here. You know, when I was still trading any derivatives, I'd already long since had my conversion. And I think the hardest thing for men to to let go and let God is they can't understand how it's possible. Yeah. The tr- other traders would look at me, and they would say that, Steve, we have no clue of how you live the life you live. <laughs> and it's impossible for me. And the thing that was so sad for me is I'm like, you know, guys, do you think that Steve Bowman just popped out of the womb different than you? Right. You know, I lived your life. You know, I, you know, had all my sins and everything else. And so I'm not any different than you. I popped out just like you popped out. and We're all the same as far as our fallen nature goes. And to the extent that we allow ourselves, then, yes, we become slaves. He who sins is a slave of sin, Christ said. And the hardest step, I think, for most men to take is to even understand that it can be different. And since you can't understand it trying to figure it out from the outside, Christianity isn't the kind of thing that you figure it out first so that then you can say yes. Right. Christianity is the kind of thing where you encounter a person, Jesus Christ, and then you walk behind him, letting him lead the way. And then in hindsight, you're always able to look back in hindsight and say, man, I'm different. My life is different. You know, I'm out of debt. I'm not addicted to pornography. I'm not, you know, cheating on my wife. I'm not a strip club, you know, manager. But it's not like, okay, let me figure it out in advance, and Mm. then I'll say yes. Right. It's, okay, let me turn it over, and then let me follow the guy who leads the way. Wow. How many parishes are you in right now? Uh, You know, and Joe, I'm really horrible about this. We've got two, (laughs) and I am, because we've got two wonderful, uh, you know, program coordinators, Mark Hartfield and Chris Cole, and those guys take care of the details at the parish level. I think this year we were in 13 or 14 states and two provinces of Canada, and I think we're in somewhere about 65 parishes uh, this year. Uh, What we typically do is we run on an academic year basis, so we are in the process, you know, right now as you and I are taping this, you know, we're in early March. We are already starting to make plans for next year, 
example, that the program typically starts in September. Mm. And we already have, you know, new parishes, new states, new regions that we haven't been in before uh, looking to uh, start up the program. So we're actively already starting to help them do that. And so, you know, I'm not sure yet, but next year, if we were in 13 or 14 states this year, we'll probably be in close to 20 next year. Praise God. And if I look at the states that are looking. So go to, you know, our website. It's real easy, www.thatmanisyou. Just spell it out, thatmanisyou.org. And you'll be able to see where we're at. And if we're not where you are, if we're not in whatever state that may be, whatever city it may be, simply give us a call. The phone number's on the website, but I'll give it to you, 713-461-2484, and those two program coordinators can walk you through exactly what it takes to get this program up and started. They can help you talk with your pastor, whatever you need, and literally, you know, we have this program start all the time because a man somewhere either heard us on a podcast, a radio interview, whatever it may be, or, you know, we've had men who are just out traveling, Mm. and their business associate says, hey, I do this really cool thing on Wednesday morning. Why don't you come with me tomorrow morning? And we've had guys who are on business trips, depend a program somewhere, you know, in Dallas or somewhere, and then all of a sudden they turn around and take it back to Connecticut. Right. And it's like, man, I did the coolest thing ever. And so it comes from literally laymen, who hear about us in one fashion or another, and then they go back to the pastor and say, you really ought to check this out. Yeah. How, so, what, what's it cost a parish to run this program? You know, what we do is we give it to the parish for free. The parish doesn't have to pay for the program itself, but there are some materials that we give to the men, and the parishes have to pick up the cost for those materials, mm. because then we give those materials to the men. And so then that totally depends on how many men come to the program. Right. And the larger the program and more successful it is, well, then the more it costs because you've got to buy more materials for the men. Right. But how we run the program is we ask the men, once they've been there and had the opportunity to encounter Christ, we say, if this program has meant something to you, write us a check. We're 501c3. It's tax deductible. Send us a check, and that's how we get the money to do what we do, is the men who sit in those programs, encounter Christ, who have their lives transformed, they say thank you. And wow. they do that by writing us a little check, and you add up enough of those checks, and we have enough money to keep doing what we're doing. Praise God. Well, Steve, I really appreciate your time today. You've uh, allowed me to sit and really enjoy listening to your journey and, and really talk in depth about your program and, and what I personally have encountered that uh, it, it's doing for me and for a lot of men at my parish, and I know that it'll do for hopefully thousands of men across this country and maybe you never know internet will canada you have canada already but maybe we can get into europe and other places and and really have a new springtime of evangelization especially among men so praise god for your your efforts i'll pray for you well joe thank you so much thanks for all the work you're doing thanks for inviting me here today and uh anything i can do to help in that new evangelization i'm glad to say yes god bless Podcasting from a parking lot in the Woodlands, Texas, it's the Catholic Hack with Joe McLean. Calling all certified scripture divers to dive deep into the faith. Hi, I'm Joe McLean. 
I'm inviting you to come and journey with us as we seek to give an answer for the hope that lies within 1 Peter 3.15. This month we're celebrating our one-year anniversary, and I would love to hear from you. Give me a call on the voicemail feedback line at 713-568-6277. Let me know how much this podcast has meant to you. And then come and listen on May 29th as we celebrate one year of placing our hope and trust in the pillar and foundation of truth, the Church of the Living God, 1 Timothy 3.15. CatholicHack.com Catholic Hack News and Views Where are you now? I'm sitting in my office. I doubt that. Why would you doubt that? If you were in your office right now, we'd be having this conversation face to face. Thank you very much, Steve Bullman, for that fantastic interview. I really enjoyed speaking with Steve. I really enjoyed letting him describe his experiences with the program, That Man Is You. And I think you enjoyed that, too. At least that's what you've let me know so far. Well, I would love to hear what your feedback is for the second half of this interview. So please drop me a line. Stop by the blog at www.catholichack.com or send me an email at catholichack.com at gmail.com. Either way, please get a hold of me. Let me know what you think. You know, I'm remiss in my duties because I didn't pray at the beginning of this podcast. I waited. So uh, please forgive me for that. Why don't we do that right now? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, all praise and glory and honor be to you, Almighty God, Father of all creation. Have mercy upon us. Send forth your Holy Spirit to reign upon us, to come down and to enter our lives, to take control of us, to remove our hearts of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you to beg your mercy, your mercy upon the listeners of this podcast. I pray for them, O Holy Father. I ask that you strengthen their marriages there are so many who have marital problems. Oh, Heavenly Father, strengthen them. Let them see the bond that they have made, the covenant oath that they have sworn. And let them sacrifice themselves to build up these marriages. Oh, God of mercy, I pray for their vocations, that they will be strengthened in their workplace that you will give them resolve to do a fantastic job for your glory alone. Oh, Heavenly Father, let them, let them be filled with the Holy Spirit that they might evangelize in their workplaces, provide for their families. Oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you and I pray and I beg you to have mercy. I pray for the children of all the listeners in this podcast my children as well. God have mercy upon them. Protect them and keep them safe. Give us the resolve to raise them to be godly children, to fear you, to serve you, to love you, to be filled with your mercy. Allow those children to love as you love, to forgive as you forgive, that we might change this society for your glory. Heavenly Father, I pray for the conversion of spouses. Many listeners have spouses who are not 
of the same faith. This causes, you know, problems in the marriage, tension, as we seek to live out the faith. Heavenly Father, I pray for the conversion of, of our spouses, conversion of our own hearts, that we might seek after you with all integrity and honesty, with the passion and fire of love that we might come after truth and let nothing stand in our way. Oh, Heavenly Father, give us the resolve to have the courage to come after you, you who are truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, Holy Jesus, I pray, I pray that the will of God will be done in our lives. I pray to seek after the will, the courage to seek after the will, the will of Almighty God. Not my will, but God's will be done. Give me the strength to become a saint, the courage to become a saint, to sacrifice myself, to do the will of God always and everywhere. Please, Father, have mercy upon us. I pray especially also for my family who's traveling away from me. Oh, have mercy upon them and keep them safe. Return them to me safely. I cannot wait to see them, Holy Father. I put them into your hands. I trust them to you. And I praise your holy name for answered prayer. All glory and honor, power and might be to you, Almighty God and Father. O Blessed Lady, intercede for us in all these intentions. Whisper the names of each of the listeners of this podcast into the ear of your Son. He cannot deny you, you his only mother. I thank you for your intercession, and I praise the name of God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have some magnificent news. God has provided in a wonderful, wonderful way. A benefactor has stepped up to provide some needed funds to help me get to Atlanta in June for the Catholic New Media Celebration. I am humbled by this generosity. I mean, really blown away. What a gift that was. And um, I have to tell you, you know, we had an awesome conversation, this benefactor and I. And we talked about the gifts that people are given. You know, I, I really feel God has given me the gifts to, to share the faith, you know, in a, in a way that people can relate to through personal experience. And the gift of this producing this podcast and the skill set that comes with doing this and, and other things. You know, those are the gifts that, that I think God has given me, and I'm trying to use those for His glory. Well, this guy really made a point, though. That, you know, God gives gifts to other people. Some of, Sometimes, some people have the gift of being able to make money. And if they use that for God's glory, no matter what those gifts are, they're really filling, fulfilling their purpose in life. 
You know, and that's so true. We can really act like Christ by doing what we were called to do and in our state in life. And there is a wonderful opportunity for folks who, who have the ability to make money, folks who, who mingle in, you know, in certain circles that most of us don't, don't have the opportunity to get to. They can proclaim the glory of God in those circles. Reach the people who normally maybe couldn't be reached. Evangelize. And also support the mission. They can support people like me. Support the church in particular. What a gift. What a true gift that is. And so I'm, as I said, humbled by this. Very humbled. It was a true blessing. So we are 99% sure we're going to be in Atlanta in June for the Catholic New Media Celebration. I would love to see you there. I'd love for you to let me know if you're going to be there. So uh, please stop by my blog, www.catholichack.com, and uh, send me your feedback. Let me know. Leave me a voicemail. You can, you can reach me at 713-568-6277. That's 713-568-6277. Give me a call. I would love to know that you're going to be there and uh, have the opportunity to meet with you. So please let me know. How busy has this month been so far? I mean, it's been crazy busy. You know, I was pretty excited about having the opportunity to work in the month of May. My family was going to be gone. So although I miss them so, so much, I can't tell you. I was talking to my daughter the other day and my daughter, I was on the phone and my daughter said, Daddy, I come home and find you. Oh, it broke my heart. She was missing her daddy. And so she was wanting to find me. Broke my heart. Miss my family dearly. But I was looking forward to having the opportunity to work on projects I normally don't have the time to get to. So I started a secret project in anticipation of my one-year anniversary show later this month. And I will reveal that at that show. I'm hoping you'll, you'll like this. And I hope you'll support this. But I've also been working on many other things. For example, the Men's Day of Prayer, uh, which is a, a men's conference mission here in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, is uh, now under underway. We have a, a July 19th event with Cardinal Donardo, and we're going to bring in some other speakers and have a uh, uh, men's conference. It's going to be a half-day event, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm on the planning committee. And we're working together with the Catholic Charismatic Center and Father Michael Sherry down there. And um, I'm trying to build the website for that. And I have a lot of work still to do there and getting that ready to go. And we still have a lot of, uh, you know, work to push that event and market that event and get people to, to come to motivate men to, uh, to get up on a Saturday morning and come down and be fed. And we have that. And uh, then, like I said, I spent the last three days up in Glen Rock, Pennsylvania with my spiritual director, Father Philip Chavez. That was a wonderful time. Really enjoyed it. Private Mass. Oh, that was great. And Saturday, I, I went to a men's conference with Father Philip Chavez. I mean, it was really, really good. It was a local parish in the, in the Laurel, Maryland area. And um, it really was pretty good. These guys were fired up. And about 100 guys showed up for this, this you know, private little men's conference and wow it was really great and we spent the rest of the time building his website working on his ministry and and his uh his web marketing and his web presence and what a blessing i 
to have the opportunity to uh, to support his ministry, his his men's ministry in that way. I was really really blown away by that opportunity, but just extremely busy. You know, I haven't talked a lot about my my new job at Fullness of Truth, and I need to do more of that. I think what I'll do is um, I should have a podcast that sort of does a day in the life kind of a thing. But right now I'm gearing up for a conference in August in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In fact, it'll be at the Arlington Convention Center. It's a Scott Hahn conference. We're going to have Dr. Scott Hahn. We're going to have Dr. Brant Petrie. We're going to have Michael Barber and Steve Ray will be there too. Eric Jenis will come and provide the music. It's going to be, oh man, it's going to be out of this world. You know, if you ever watch the movie Cars, you know, you remember the character Luigi when the Ferraris came in at the end and he just sort of passed out? That's how I'm going to be when uh, when I get Scott Hahn and Brant Petrie and Michael Barber all in the same room. And I'm setting it up so that I can do a podcast with all three, like a roundtable discussion. Oh, let me tell you, I'm just going to go. I'm flat on that one. It's going to be too much for me to deal with. But you know what? It really will be a great conference. And if you're anywhere near Dallas on August 23rd and 24th, you need to come. And you need to hear these guys. They will blow you away. You talk about diving deep into scripture. Well, that's exactly what these guys do for a living. It really is quite impressive. So, you know, I say all that to say, yeah, I'm very, very busy. But you know what? Praise God that I'm busy. This is the kind of busy work that I had been begging God for for years. I mean, I've been busy at, you know, secular corporate jobs. And uh, that's not quite as, you know, engaging. It's not quite as fulfilling. I have the opportunity. You know, it's just amazing how God answers prayers. He's given me more than I could ask for, you know, in the way of, doing this kind of work for God's glory. I mean, to think that I'm planning a Scott Hahn conference just sort of boggles my mind. You know, to think that I'm working with a a men's ministry like Father Philip Chavez's Amator League just blows me away. To think that I'm planning men's conferences right here in the Diocese of Galveston, Houston humbles me. And I get to share this podcast with you. And I get to, you know, work full-time in Catholic ministry. I'm not worthy of that. I don't deserve that. I haven't done anything that says, you know, that it's my turn. All glory and honor be to God Almighty. Praise His holy name. For He has rained down these gifts upon me. So, I'm happy to be busy. I really am. I really am. I just pray for the strength to do this job well, to do all these jobs really, really well for His glory that I could handle the stress of all this. Greg Cuter from the Divine Mercy podcast was on Twitter yesterday and we were talking. And I was trying to say how stressed I was for all the things that I've got to do and all the the balls that I'm juggling right now just seemed a little bit overwhelming, especially coming off a three-day weekend up in Glen Rock, Pennsylvania. But uh, Greg said, you know, take one thing at a time. And then he shared with me all the things that he's got to do, you know. So, so many of you have much more than I have on my plate right now. And so it's, I need to stop complaining and just start focusing on what needs to get done and, and take one thing at a time and get this done and move on to the next. And so I'm really trying to focus myself and, and get everything that, that needs to be done, done. But you can only do so much. You can only do one thing at a time. And try not to overwhelm yourself with, with that, that cliche of multitasking. You know, you can only do what you can do. 
but just focus, you know? That's the trick there. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Catholic Hack Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the interview with Steve Bowman, Paradisius Dei. Go to thatmanageyou.com and check out what Steve's got going there with Paradisius Day. It really is quite wonderful. Well, I hope you stop by the blog at www.catholichack.com. Pick up a Catholic Hack t-shirt there by clicking on that picture of the t-shirt. You can pick up a Catholic Hack mug. Support this podcast and a Catholic-owned business. Check out my bookstore, catholiccompany.com forward slash Catholic Hack. Until next time, I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. God bless. SQPN, the best in Catholic podcasting.